Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. On this week's episode, we welcome Scott Scully to the show. Before we get to this week's episode, I want to thank my sponsors. First, NWO IT Services, Synchrony HR, Enterprise Bank and Trust, Go Brand Go, Edward Jones, and the Tom James Company. Crafted using your exact measurements, custom clothing is the perfect expression of who you are or who you intend to be. It's about getting what you want, the right fit, the right fabric, the right details, the right style. Ben Lawler with the Tom James Company helps you choose from over 500 custom suit fabrics and 250 custom dress shirt fabrics. He can help you build your entire wardrobe, including suits, shirts, trousers, sports coats, and even custom tuxedos. To learn more, visit stleaders.com. And now to this week's episode with Scott Scully. Scott Scully, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. I appreciate you joining me today. Thanks for having me, Brian. I Absolutely. really enjoy your show. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I uh, We got connected through uh, another colleague of yours that works with you guys over at Abstract. And I'm um, excited to have you on. I've known about your organization for quite some time. You kind of have a staple of a, of a company here in St. Louis. And um, I'm excited to kind of share kind of your background and your story with our community here in St. Louis. So let's kind of start in the beginning. Talk to us about growing up and what led you to starting Abstract Marketing. Okay, yeah, thank you. Um, so I grew up in Iowa. I've been in St. Louis for about 28 years, but but I did get my start in Iowa. I think that like most entrepreneurs, I was the kid who was selling things. I was hawking hubba bubba gum out of the lockers and in junior high and mowing lawns. And, you know, we started a paint, a painting company, a, a couple of friends and I in the summers during college and just always knew that I wanted to start a business. Wasn't sure exactly what that would be, um, but definitely had that in my blood. I wasn't an incredible student, um, but I did appreciate getting those work experiences as, as I was growing up. I uh, went to college in Minnesota, and then when I graduated, did graduate in marketing, I found myself back in Iowa for about a year and a half. Then I moved to Denver for a year, and then uh, a friend, uh, actually I was listening to a show yesterday uh, about uh, Manta watches, and uh, 
Michael Demartini was one of the partners there. Actually, his brother and I grew up in Iowa together. He came out to ski and they had started a little automotive marketing business in, in St. Louis and they asked me to join. And so I threw uh, everything that I owned in a car, which at that point wasn't much. And <laughs> I went, went to join those guys. And just a couple of weeks in, they had three or four of their sales staff go and try to compete against them. And so I found myself very quickly hitting the road and saving clients with them, uh, which we did. And then uh, instead of being in marketing, I was in sales, <laughs> which I didn't necessarily think would be my career path. Um, but I found myself there. And what I really enjoyed was I just didn't view it as, as sales. I had the opportunity to bring uh, what I knew about marketing to these car dealerships. And although I didn't know the auto industry, because I did understand marketing, we formed a, a, a quick relationship and I was able to help several car dealerships out, uh, sold a lot. We were at a point where, you know, we were doing sales and uh, account management and, you know, I, I just, couldn't bring on any more business and handle it. And I'd, I'll never forget going to, to one of the guys that was in the business at that, at that point and saying, Hey, you know, I'm the top sales guy. You know, I'd like to make a, a larger part of the commission. He laughed at me that <laughs> 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 said I was making enough. And if I wanted to, I could, you know, hire someone out of my, out of my own pay. And that's what I did. I, I hired someone, gave up one of my markets, helped them grow. Then I did it again and again. I actually did that five times over. Oh wow! So that just kind of started me in in my you know entrepreneurial mindset. Kind of started me, although I was within a within side of a, of a business, I was growing my own. Right. A um, couple of years later, I actually earned my way into running that company as those guys went and started another. And then I had uh, I had within four years, I think I had earned. 30% of the company. Um, fast forward, I did that about eight years. I started my own, um, did that for about eight years. Both those companies were in automotive. Uh, both those companies were project-based, so no residual income, which is about as stressful as it can be, but great learning ground. Uh, as we went to sell the, the second company, um, the auto industry was crashing. Everything was crashing around us. A lot of our business happened to be with Chrysler. Uh, and so my earnout was, was changing. And uh, so what I did is took a couple of people on the outside and started doing marketing for the company that, that actually bought us. And that was the start of Abstract. Really didn't know who we were going to be when we grew up, but but that is how it all started. And then within the first year or so, uh, ran into a former business colleague that had started a little lead gen company and uh, also brought up, uh, over a former business partner to, to join me as well. And when we sat down and just looked at what was missing in the, in the marketplace, it kind of aligned with what we've been good at in the past, which is simplifying a product or service and bringing it 
to market in a hurry using a, a sales process. And we wondered what that would look like, you know, selling other entrepreneurs, other business leaders, this sales process that we'd been using for years. And, and, you know, I, of course, in the first couple of years, we made a lot of mistakes, just trying to figure it out, trying to figure out how we were going to fulfill and what the best, best niches were going to be to serve. But once we figured that out a couple of years in, things really started to, to skyrocket. Absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about what abstract marketing is for those who don't know and what you guys do. Yeah, the best way to look at us is outsourced sales development. So it's everything leading up to sitting down with a prospect. So we're helping profile the best companies and put a target market together. Uh, we're doing outbound call campaigns, uh, email marketing, building websites, doing ongoing content, connecting on, on social, creating video. Uh, we create assets to make it easier to differentiate uh, when our partners are up against their competitors. So we're really doing everything possible to build a predictable sales pipeline so that they can have, uh, you know, a, a known number of new sales meetings on a weekly, monthly basis, making it more possible for them to grow. Absolutely, which is a much needed uh, service for sure. I can tell you being in sales myself for Synchrony HR, um, you know, the, the getting the appointments and the prospecting is probably the hardest part, right? And, if, um, and it's, I'm sure you experience this too, but trying to hire internally to have what we call, you know, a business development rep who's out there developing the business. And then, you know, someone like myself going in and selling it, the turnover and trying to find those people is not easy. So how do you, how do you guys overcome to turnover and, you know, you know, not allowing people to get burnt out on, on prospecting and cold calling and things like that? Well, I, we're not perfect. We're trying to get a little bit better at that all the time. Uh, yeah. That that job, especially when you're hitting the phones, um, unless you have done it before, coming out of college, you know, some people are thinking, "Hey, this is a good idea. This is what I want to do." Some people are thinking of it as a route to their next thing. But there is, you know, if you look at the national stats, it's nine, 10 months that somebody likes to, to do that outbound cold call campaign work. And we, you know, are in a spot where we're growing quickly. So there are a lot of career paths. There's about 22 different career paths that these individuals can take. So that helps, you know, a lot of sure. people come, uh, they're not planning on doing that job forever and they may run a team or do account management or go into sales or head to the agency side of our business. Uh, you know, that helps. And, and then the other thing is we're just getting more comfortable with the fact that if someone comes for a year and they learn a skill set and then they go and get another really good job and we were a positive part of their journey, then that's okay too. I mean, I think sure. sometimes we, you know, companies look at that as, as a negative, but if someone came, worked, enjoyed, uh, went through growth and then you're on to a better career because of it. I think we've got to look at that as a, a leg up as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, what did you say that's probably one of the biggest challenges you guys face as a business or what are some other big challenges that you guys face as a business that you've had to overcome to continue the success you guys have had? I think it is the biggest challenge. Yeah. We're, you know, we're at a, a, a pace for growth where it's hard to, 
you know, market or, or hire just in, in one area. We're connected to about 20 different colleges, talking to them monthly, going to career fairs, you know, nurturing student relationships. But with the numbers that, that we hire on a, a monthly or annual basis, we're starting to find that it's going to be hard to do all in one area. Uh, so we are starting to look at remote opportunities around the country uh, potential vendor partners, and then, um, you know, potentially other markets to open up in as well. Absolutely. Well, that kind of brings me to my next question about, um, you know, re- when you mentioned remote workers, how did COVID impact your organization? And did you have to, um, did you know, like for our organization, uh, COVID impacted us in many ways, but one of the ways it impacted us is we started hiring employees um, in different markets that can work remotely because they don't necessarily need to be in the office to do, you know, to be a payroll specialist at our company or a benefit specialist. They can do that work from their house and it allows us to go out and find stronger talent in, uh, in areas that maybe aren't, that are needed for our organization. So did, how did COVID impact you guys? Um, and did it, did that remote work kind of come out of COVID? Yeah. So I'm sure you, feel this at least when it started. I think it's one of the hardest things that that I've ever been through in business. Um, you know, just transitioning out of office very quickly and um, making sure that people were up and running and technology was good and our partners were happy and and then just the emotional part of it. You know, a yeah. lot of a lot of people want to work at home, but I mean, there's just as many people that, you know, are new at the, in the work world and need support. And we're still in development in the beginning part of their careers. We're being surrounded by others that are doing the job of making it easier. Now they're in home, you know, somebody's not pulling them up emotionally. Uh, they're not hearing things going on around them. So their, their growth was stunted a little bit. So I just found it super challenging to make sure that our managers who hadn't managed remote remote workers before were, you know, their skill set was improving in that area and and they were helping people out. Uh, We found ourselves as a executive leadership team reaching out to, to individuals that didn't necessarily report to us, you know, 10, 15 at a time and, and just, plug in and make sure that people are okay and you know let them know that we'd get through this together and and we did but absolutely had challenges i, I saw brian i think what happened is we found out what positions you know a, a a larger percentage of those people could could work remote what those positions look like maybe writing or graphic design and then when it came to the on the phone appointment setting, there's just more individuals that were better off on a team and, right. and in office. So I think that it, it did open up more remote opportunities for us, but it also helped us pinpoint which positions, at least for a, a, a decent period of time, need to be in office through their development. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I talked to a lot of leaders on this podcast, obviously. And I think one thing that I have a consensus is a lot of business owners, a lot of CEOs learned a lot about their business <laughs> through COVID. Um, it, yeah, it made you definitely. really made you really learn uh, a lot about it. So, um, but it sounds like you guys made it through it, which is, is great. 
um, and, you know, I have a lot of success, which brings me to my next question for you, which is, you know, I've had Jeff Winters on this podcast in the past. Uh, I saw the acquisition or merger of Sapper Consulting. Talk to us about how that happened and how that's been going. Yeah, Jeff's an awesome human being. So for the last few years, we were getting together, having dinner, just talking about the lead gen space and, you know, just trials, tribulations, sharing, sharing best practices. It's really enjoying that. And there was always a discussion about what it would look like to bring the two together, but we, we just weren't there yet. And we just got to a point where we had enough conversation, we felt comfortable enough, and it just made sense for us to do. So uh, Jeff was open to a, a creative way for us to acquire Sapper. And, and what ended up happening is we just got a bunch of really good people on the bus heading forward with us uh, yeah. that brought our headcount to, to over 500. And then, you know, they're just really good at email marketing and we wanted to get better in that part of our channel. You know, th- that's one of the channels that we use to build relationships and, you know, increase those pipelines. And so it was a real synergistic buy. I mean, I, it, our, our partners are in a better spot because of it. Believe it or not, we don't have a ton of crossover. Uh, we now work in a, every state with over 1,700 clients and just super excited about what we can do together go forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was, um, yeah, Jeff's a great guy and the organization that he had built there was uh, outstanding. And I'm confident with the with your organization and, and his combining, I think you guys are definitely the dominant force in that space. Um, and it's, it's, it's really neat to have you guys here in St. Louis. And, you know, I wish you guys nothing but the success uh, going forward with that. Um, Thank you. I think it's, I think it's really neat. And now for a quick break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enterprise Bank and Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit enterprisebank.com. And now, back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. Let's shift gears here a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about your views on leadership and kind of how you lead. Um, talk to me about really kind of your view on leadership and, and kind of, you know, you just mentioned you have a headcount of over 500. How as the CEO and the leader of the organization are you, are you leading every day to, to empower those employees that you oversee? Yeah. Um, well, just I'll start kind of with the last part of that question first. I've spent a lot of time in the last year uh, building, you know, an executive team, leadership teams, so that the the day to day activities are taken care of, so I can look forward more from a vision perspective. And uh, the the more I get out of the weeds, uh, the easier it is to to see the road ahead, which you know makes me super excited. Um, and it's just really super fun to see the these leaders grow and they're so capable. And if we're, if I was going to be honest, I should have got out of the way a long time ago. <laughs> um, as far as 
my view on on leadership i've just always been you know from growing up through different experiences i've had i've i've just always been surrounded by people that believe in in working hard and you know give they always gave me the gift of high expectations from my parents to um, you know, through school, sports that I played, friends that I've had, you know, people have always had high expectations of, of me. I've always had high expectations of myself. And I, so I think that I turn that around and that can be looked at it in different ways. Uh, I'm not always easy, uh, but I, I do see the potential in people. And so, you know, I want the most out of them. Sure. Uh, I, I want them for whatever period of time that we're together to feel like they're always growing. Uh, you know, that's our mantra and internally always be growing. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm pushing constantly to make sure that that happens. Um, I, I wouldn't ask anybody to do something that, that I haven't done or wouldn't do now. And so that's a, a big thing that I believe in and leading by example. Um, a lot of, of our processes and, and product have improved because of feedback from members on our team. So we're trying to figure out how to get more people in, engaged and part of the decision-making pro- process and the vision go forward. So, so that's a huge thing for us. And then just uh, workplace culture. Um, uh, if you don't, if you don't build the right culture and that culture looks different when you're 10 people or when you're 500, right? And when you're Absolutely. 500, it's a little bit easier to make everyone happy when you're 10 people, when you're 500, you're not going to make everybody happy. So yeah. you, you just build a, a, a culture that's going to be super motivating for those that are motivated and are going to be part of taking you forward. And, and I think that we've done that and we continue to, to work on that. So I think, um, you know, work, working, working on making sure people are comfortable and bringing their whole self to work, understand their, what their contribution means to the overall vision is, is pretty big part of leadership too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where did you learn your leadership uh, qualities and capabilities? Is that just come from years of experience or did you just, or have you read books or kind of where have you learned that, that skill set? I, <laughs> I think it's a, a mishmash, right? I just, my, my parents um, both worked and, you know, they were successful. My dad in banking, my, my mom ran an, an art museum and those were two completely different things and they led people. And, um, I, you know, I, I watched what, what they were doing and how they were having success. Um, definitely from coaches, uh, football coaches, basketball coaches learned a lot. And, uh, I did read books and I watched videos and I learned just as much from the people that I've managed as well if that makes sense sure and then you know i've certainly made a number of mistakes along the way and i try to just not make those same mistakes multiple times yeah but it's, it's a work in progress 
Oh, absolutely. And, and to your point, it comes from all different areas, but, you know, coaches and sports as you're growing up and parents and, and books and speakers and all those things kind of help you develop your own leadership, you know, qualities and skill sets. Um, and then to your point, you definitely can learn it from when you're managing employees, you know, as you're managing employees, you're going to learn something new probably every day. And so um, all those right. things kind of compile to make, you know, kind of what your leadership view look like. I agree. Yeah. You and know, Scott, I, I always go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, I was listening to one, another one of your shows and Ben Newman was, yeah, was on and, you know, he came in and did some work with us early on as well. He was super impactful. So just finding individuals like Ben uh, along the way uh, have helped us kind of mold our, our drive too. Absolutely. No, I 100% agree with that. There's, you know, Ben's a great example of you just listen to him speak. And if you don't get fired up from listening to him speak, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with you because he is a dynamic individual and a great episode when he came on our show. But yeah, um, yeah you have to learn from people like that. Yep, I agree. Absolutely. Well, Scott, I always end this podcast by asking my guests to leave us with a piece of advice. So whether that's on entrepreneurship or whether that's on life itself, uh, what could you leave us with today? Boy, that's a good one. I, I would say uh, believe in yourself. Like take the risk. I think that there's probably a lot of people that are that are out there that are listening that are just right on the the edge of potentially trying to start a business or trying to compete for that next job. Um, just believe in yourself and take that step forward and and go with your gut it's usually right and i just wish earlier on that that i would have done that there's a lot of things that i thought about and i wanted to do and i was hesitant and if i were to go backwards i would just believe in myself wholeheartedly all the way through and take that that leap yeah absolutely that's I, that's a- I would say others should do as well yeah, no, I think that's a great piece of advice. We've we've heard that from other leaders on this show. And I always tell the story about, you know, kind of starting this podcast. I I had no idea what I was doing when I got started. And I always jokingly say, if you listen to my first few episodes, that you can definitely tell I didn't know what I was doing. But I started to figure out along the way. And, you know, I were on the top 10% of, you know, podcasts on iTunes now. And we've had some dynamic leaders from St. Louis on this show. And we get to share the stories of all people just like yourselves here with our own community in our backyard. And so I appreciate what you're doing here for the city of St. Louis and, and being a great STL leader. And thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And thanks for doing what you're doing. This is a, this is a wonderful format for people to learn. I know that I've been learning from it. So thank you. Thanks, Scott.